Hey, I am excited to tell you about this month's sponsorship. This month's episodes are sponsored by Crossway, publisher of the English Standard Version of the Bible and a high-end line of heirloom Bibles that are designed to reflect the beauty of God's Word. Each heirloom Bible is skillfully crafted using the highest quality materials and expert craftsmanship. With carefully chosen premium goatskin covers, durable edge lines, smith-sewn binding, beautiful art, gilding, and premium Bible paper chosen for optimal quality, readability, and durability. Learn more at crossway.org. On a personal note, I have one of these Bibles. It actually fell off the top of my car one day and got ran over on the interstate. And it survived. It actually survived. The binding is still good, and I still preach from it every single week. And also, we have a great giveaway going on right now with Crossway. You can jump on Twitter or on theshepherdscrook.co and see it. We are giving away an heirloom Bible, the pastor's book by Kent Hughes, the imperfect pastor by Zach Eswine, the pastor's justification by Jared C. Wilson, and nine marks of a healthy church by Mark Dever. Look online and sign up today. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to episode 34 of the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you're doing well today. I certainly am. And I want to talk to you today about the dangers, some of the dangers of being in pastoral ministry. Why are so many pastors tied at an identity level to the work of pastoral ministry? Well, I think there's a really strong reason for that, and I want to tell you about it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would give me wisdom and insight to some of the issues that I face and other pastors may face and those who are wanting to come come up into the ministry. Maybe they're at seminary right now. Maybe they're working at a church that has a great residency program or something like that, and they want to avoid becoming an unhealthy man. They want to be men who are on fire for your glory and your gospel for the rest of their lives without getting at an identity level tied into this work of ministry in in an unhealthy way. So just help me as I talk about this, and I trust that you're going to. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the thesis. The more noble something is, the more seductive a false gospel it is. If something carries with it, a great amount of nobility, then there's going to be an attractiveness to whatever that is. Well, pastoral ministry is noble. I mean, that's what God calls it in First Timothy chapter 3. He says that anybody aspires to the office of overseer, he aspires to a noble task. There's great nobility. It is a, it is a good call. It is good work. And I think that is the reason, because it's such good work that so many men get tied up into ministry and see it as just who they are. Who they are is intimately tied into what they do. So I am a pastor. And I just want to pause and say, okay, wait, no you're not, and no I'm not. I am a Christian man first. This is what I've talked through in The Five Callings of a Pastor. At identity level, you have to know who you are disconnected from being a pastor. But if the work is great, well then there's going to be a seductive appeal to it. And I think with ministry, that's why it's so that that's why there, there's pitfalls in ministry so often is because pastors just see it and it's such a great call. We want to help people, we want to point people to Jesus, we want to preach the gospel faithfully. Therefore, 
the lines of who I am and what I do get blurred because the work is just so great. It becomes seductive. And all of a sudden, the good news is no longer the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for sinners. The good news all of a sudden becomes, hey, I get to be in ministry. And pastor, young seminarian, whoever you are out there, if the good news for you becomes, I get to be in ministry, well, it's becomes bad news. It's no longer good news. It's it's bad news. It's no longer a good thing. The nobility loses its appeal because you're seeing it as your functional savior. And so I think we see this in the book of Ecclesiastes really clearly. And I want to kind of look at the book of Ecclesiastes and identify a progression through the first two chapters of the book. You know, in this book is just so neat where King Solomon, if you believe he is the author, and even if you don't, most everybody believes that this is about King Solomon. And as Solomon is doing this experiment to discover, is there anything under the sun that has eternal value, eternal weight, that I can hang my hat on and live my life for that will be sustaining? What he does in the first two chapters is he progresses from less noble things to more noble things. And then we're going to kind of see how this has implications in pastoral ministry here in a minute. But as we start the chapter, chapter 1 in Ecclesiastes, we find that the Koheleth is the son of David, is talking about how life is vanity. Everything's vanity. You know, it's a real Debbie Downer chapter. All is vanity. It's like chasing after the wind. Anything under the sun, it, you just can't, it's, it's not of eternal value. So you can't find your significance, your purpose, and lasting joy in anything that's under the sun. You have to get above the sun. And then he goes into, in chapter 1, wisdom. And he tells us of this experiment. And he says, I applied my heart to seek out and search wisdom about all that is done under heaven. And then he goes on, on this binge. And he chapter 2 starts with him going into self-indulgence. He partied. He played hard. He had literally month in and month out parties, and he goes out and he gets the best entertainers. He laughs his guts out. He even says in here that the reward for my toil was laughter. I got to laugh. I got to have a good time, but that's all I got from this experiment. I got some good stories to tell around the campfire for the rest of my life about how silly and stupid our behavior was. Sorry, Ransom's in here with me, and I said stupid. You're right, Ransom. Sorry. And... We teach him not to say the S word. And so Solomon is partying, and then after partying, and after after all this craziness, he also starts to work. And there's a progression. Work is more noble than play. He does the play, and he does the work, and then it's kind of intertwined a little bit as well. But there is greater satisfaction in the heart of a man and the heart of anybody through working with your hands than there is through partying with your hands. And so Solomon begins to do this and he builds vineyards. He he just he is the uh, the best foreman that there's ever been and he applies his heart to this and he has great possessions, herds, flocks. He's taking care of everything that's under his dominion and he's working hard day in and day out. So there's a progression of nobility. You go from partying hard to working hard. And then there's an interesting shift that happens again in chapter 2, and this is just in chapter 1 and chapter 2. He goes into not just wisdom and having wisdom, he goes into exploring living wisely, making wise choices. He said, I, I turned to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can a man do who comes after the king? Only what's already been done. Then I saw that there's more gain in wisdom than in folly. This is what he says, there's more gain 
in wisdom than in folly. Here, here's Solomon's big idea. Making wise choices is better than making foolish choices. It is more noble to make good decisions, to look at what's going on in my life, assess what needs to be done, and then do the right thing. That That is better. There's more gain in that than partying day in and day out, than sensual pleasure day in and day out. And you know what? The wisdom of Solomon shines through. He's absolutely right. It's a lot better, and there's more gain in that. There's more satisfaction from a hard day's work when you lay your head on the pillow at night knowing I did everything I need to do today. And this is what Solomon is pursuing. Wise choices, wise choices, wise choices. The wise person has eyes in his head, he said, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceived the same event happens to them all. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will also happen. What will also happen to me? Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart, this is also vanity. Here's what Solomon discovered. And it's a discovery that so few people, so few wise people make. Living wisely is not the gospel of Jesus. Make wise choices. Make good decisions. That is not the good news of Jesus Christ. It is better to do that than to party, to be sure. Okay, that's what he's saying. It's better to live wisely. But that is not the gospel of Jesus. But it's seductive. It is so seductive. The more noble something is, the more seductive a false gospel it is. And the make wise decision world is seductive. It blinds people from the gospel of Jesus. People who are living well don't see their need for for a savior. They think they've got it. They've got their handles on this thing called life and they've actually chased down the wind. So they don't see their need for Jesus. Friends, if the progression would continue, you could put in here after make wise choices, live wisely, you could put in here and just kind of insert, if you will, become a pastor and point other people to Jesus. There's great gain in it. Just like there is gain, greater gain, in living wisely as opposed to living foolishly, there is great gain to being in ministry and pointing people to Jesus. That's the seductive nature of ministry. That's why people get sucked into this thing. It's like Alice in Wonderland. You get sucked into that Wonderland and you just get keep continue get sucked in and sucked in and sucked in. And if you don't see the difference between being in ministry and being a son of God, if you don't see a difference between pointing people to Jesus and Jesus himself, what is the gospel? Jesus substitutionary life, death, and resurrection on behalf of sinners to the glory of God and for the resurrect and for the renewal of the cosmos. If you don't see the difference between that and doing the work of ministry, I'm telling you, you'll burn out. Your identity will be tied into your work and you will not be able to find your way out. Pastor, you cannot get over. That's one of the reasons I started the Shepherd's Crook is to remember people or to remind people of what what Paul reminds Timothy. Hey Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Why did Paul have to remind a pastor to remember Jesus? Well, because pastoring is noble work, and therefore it's seductive work. Don't buy the false gospel called pastoral ministry. Look to Christ. By the grace of God, look to Christ. I'm pleading with you. Don't buy the lie. Look to Jesus and follow him all the days of your life. And if you do that, by God's grace, your identity will not be tied into your work. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. 
You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.